We are going to get to the 2018 version of the fight between Fred Goldman and O.J. Simpson. But first, breaking news out of Hawaii, where that mistaken missile alert has now cost a couple people their jobs. Alex Stone has been uh, helping us cover this story and uh, has spent the last three weeks in Hawaii. Is that right? (laughs) I wish. Oh, Maybe not. Uh, uh, the island of Los Angeles. Ah, I see. So what's going on? We know that uh, we're getting a little bit more detail specifically about what happened early that Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, right now, uh, emergency officials in Hawaii, they are holding a briefing. And this backs up what the FCC put out earlier today in a preliminary report that they've compiled. And uh, bottom line, it's not what this initially appeared to be. You know, the governor came out initially and said, well, this was all a mistake, that uh, that a worker hit the wrong button, it was the wrong icon, that, that the worker hit on his computer screen, and oops, we didn't mean for it to happen. Well, it turns out, no, it wasn't a mistake at all that this worker meant to do it, but thought that there was a real threat. But it was a drill that was underway, but thought and got confused by that drill and sent it out thinking there was a missile heading toward Hawaii. This is one of those things where it should terrify everyone that it's this simple to get a message like this out. But it should also terrify everybody that in the event that there is an emergency, we're adding layers of bureaucracy before, in fact, a real emergency message could get out. Yeah, it was fairly simple to send this thing out. It was uh, uh, like going to your email and opening it up and uh, just to send, uh, deciding that you wanted to send it out from there. Now they are adding almost like a missile launch itself that multiple people will have to sign off on it before it can actually go out. They've learned other lessons out of this of, one, what their drills need to be like. They say there were five other people in that room who heard exercise, exercise, exercise. But this employee who now has been fired – uh, you know, there were a lot of calls for uh, for him to go. Well, now he has gone. That this employee has been confused previously when they've gone through exercises, oh, not boy. understanding what was going on, <laughs> uh, and apparently got confused in this case and thought, there's a missile coming, and fired this thing off, and nobody else had to sign off on it. But there was no way to pull it back, and, and that's the other big part of this. That once they sent it out, it took them 38 minutes to stop the panic in Hawaii because they had no way to say, oops, nah, you're good, you're not going to die, everything's good, that they had no way to send out a follow-up. They had to download that app. It all came down to an app to be able to send out a follow-up message. Uh, and now they have that app, they have the service ready to go, and they say if it were to happen again, which they hope it won't, but if it were to happen again, that they would now be able to send out a follow-up message and say, forget about it. Or if it were real, they could send out a follow-up message and say, here's what you need to know. That's the other concern. Had this been real, they sent out one message, the initial alert, but they had no way then to to follow it up with more information. They say they've learned by it. Also, the head of Hawaii's Office of Emergency Services is now out. He has resigned. 
uh, as of today, as of immediately, as of a few minutes ago, uh, he no longer is going to run the Office of Emergency Services. I would assume that Pacific Command is real pissed off about this. Yeah, I mean, there, were, there was a lot of finger pointing on that Saturday. You know, the White House was pointing the finger at the state. The state was pointing fingers at, at other folks, and, and it went back and forth. But, I mean, it really looks like now that this was just pure confusion on the part of, of one person. And beyond the guy who's been fired now, the confused guy, uh, the head of the Office of Emergency Services who has resigned, uh, another employee has been suspended without pay, and a fourth has uh, resigned before being penalized. So you've got all of these people who are now uh, impacted by this, who have been penalized by this, but uh, the state says that, that they felt like it needed to be done, uh, especially because that one employee who got confused, they say he froze, had a, a history of these problems, and that, that they got to make sure that's not who's sitting behind that computer to tell you whether you're about to die or not, that it can't be somebody who freaks out and, and gets confused and, and freezes, and so now they're changing all of the command structure inside that office. It's also amazing, the like you said, the vehicle by which they corrected the error took so long to download, so long to figure out, because it was very quickly, it was uh, 8.08, that a day shift warning officer got the false alarm on a mobile device. It was a minute later that the emergency management agency was able to tell the governor that this was a false alarm. So, I mean, within within moments of it being pushed out there on the EAS and on everyone's mobile, the governor knew it was a false alarm. Pacific yeah. Command knew it was a false alarm. Honolulu Police Department knew it was a false alarm. And then... They had no way to correct this thing for another 30 minutes or so. Yeah, and in the meantime, people were going into, if they had them, basements or storm shelters. Uh, visitors were running off the beaches and, and off the golf courses and getting into bathtubs. I mean, they thought this was a very serious life-and-death situation. You can understand why, thinking everything going on with North Korea and that there could be an inbound missile, as the alert said that there was. Now, the governor's office says, well, after a few minutes, we put up a message on the governor's Twitter feed to say, don't worry about it, it's okay. But these folks who got this push alert saying that they were about to die weren't then going on Twitter and finding the governor's Twitter message and finding his tweet saying, oh, never mind, it was just all one big mistake and we can come out of hiding, that most didn't know until that follow-up push alert came out to say that, that you're safe. All of that is part of this. They've installed a computer process now, they say, to, to rapidly issue that alert cancellation. They've got a checklist to, to standardize the process. They say it was a very loose process at the time of who could send these out, what they could say on them, uh, you know, what the whole procedure would be. Now it's very strict. And a lot of other states have learned from this. You know, a lot of states are saying, whew, thank God this wasn't us, that, that we're not having to deal with this because – a lot may have been in this same boat had an alert gone out like this that now others are following up as well. Alex, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. We come back. OJ's back in the news. Specifically, Fred Goldman and OJ are back in the news. Why it is that they have a $70 million wrongful death judgment. Some news on that judgment is coming up. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Hey, I got a thousand dollars to give away. Here's how we're going to do it. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. 
Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Well, as long as Fred Goldman has blood running through his body, he will be fighting O.J. Simpson for every piece or any piece of a wrongful death settlement that's worth more than $70 million. One of the things that uh, that happened, I said the seventy million. Like, where did it come from? I know exactly where the wrongful death lawsuit came from. the The new version of this today, though, is that a judge yesterday, just yesterday, denied the latest bid by Goldman's family to get the financial restitution for the death of Ron Goldman. The judge said that Fred Goldman couldn't say where O.J. Simpson was getting the money. Does that make sense? If he's getting the money from selling autographs and things, that's clear where the money's coming from, isn't it? Oh, it's under the table. Oh. There's not really a paper trail or uh, tax documents, I would assume. Uh, There is still memorabilia that OJ owns that he's got and has control over. And the lawyer for Fred Goldman and the family, David Cook, said, we want the memorabilia, but the judge is saying, you need to tell me who's paying him. The um, the thing is, O.J. is still in denial about it, according to the lawyer, about the death of Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson. But his quote is, this thing eats and breathes and lives, and O.J. is still in denial about it. He's talking specifically about the wrongful death suit, which, when it's not paid, is uh, gains interest. I think the original judgment was $33.5 million, and it's up to seventy now. Yeah. Uh, if you peel back the celebrity, he's still in denial, and some money is better than no money, he says. Fred Goldman has been able to seize some of OJ's assets, uh, video game royalties, the rights to the book, If I Did It. Remember that one, that ghost-written book when Simpson tells how he might have killed Nicole and Ron Goldman? He was also able to acquire the memorabilia that uh, O.J. claimed he was trying to take back when he led those men with the guns into that Vegas hotel room in 07, which landed him in prison. Um, He retitled the book. Fred Goldman did. He retitled it to Confessions of a Killer. Instead oh, did he? Of if I did it, because he has the rights now. He owns the control over the whole thing. Um. So what, I mean, what does the future look like for, for OJ? OJ's I mean, living his life. He's with his kids, at least one of his daughters. Uh, TMZ catches up to him every every so often. Uh, the last time I saw TMZ catch up to OJ was a couple of weeks ago when he was asking what uh, OJ thinks about Chloe's baby. Oh. I mean, it's just with, Because some allegation that circus. he may have been Chloe's father. Right. Uh, and he's like, oh, I didn't have anything to do with it. I wish her the best, but I didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, it's just really freak show circus stuff. Is this – where do you come down on this, though? Because uh, one of the lawyers, O.J.'s lawyer, said that that Fred Goldman and his attorney have attempted to drag O.J. into court every time they hear a rumor, they see something on television or read in an Internet news posting a mere vague allegation involving Mr. Simpson's commercial exploitation of himself. You think like they're? Do you think they're overreacting to this? That Fred Goldman is jumping at every opportunity and shouldn't? No, I think if my son was murdered, I would do that 
for as much as I could. I would uh, never I would try and never let the man who took my son's life away have peace. Forget it. You would never let him forget it. No. There, there's comments. Again, don't read Internet comments because it's the most horrible cesspool of humanity you can imagine. But some people are saying that Fred Goldman has has simply distilled his son's life down to money. No. That's not what he's Fred doing. Fred Goldman's life was over in 1994. Four, yeah. That's when his life became all about making O.J. pay, and it has nothing to do with money. He wants O.J. to admit what he's done, accept some sort of wrongdoing, any sort of culpability, and it's frustrating to him that that, that hasn't happened and that O.J. continues to live a life of celebrity, really. And his son never got that life. His son was just starting out. And was as soon he trying as trying to be OJ, an actor, I think he was, or a model. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, he was like early 20s, living in L.A. In Every so the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a strange. I I don't know what the next judgment would be in Fred Goldman's it, on, uh, on long, his behalf. As long as Fred Goldman's alive, he's going to come up with something creatively, and there will be lawyers that take up that case every day. All right. One of the things going on this weekend is Super Bowl. When we come back, our own Neil Savedra is going to join us and talk about how to get things ready for your Super Bowl party coming up on Sunday. Some must-have foods for your Super Bowl party. And the new status symbol. What goes on in your kitchen that is the new status symbol that we're going to be looking for? Do hmm. you know what it is? Uh, No. It's skin hanging off of your cheese grater. No. What kind of skin? Human's knuckle, human knuckle skin. Well, those cheese graters can get a little bit aggressive when you're, you know, grating cheese. Really? It's an inanimate object. Well, if you're down to the very end of your That's cheese, when you go, oh, and you eat the rest of it. Oh, That's have you a never good learned? Tip. All right, all of that coming up with Neil Savage the Fork Reporter when we continue with Gary and Shannon. Hey, Oscar. Yes, Shannon. What is the best pancake topping? I'm not sure what is the best topping. More pancakes? Let me teach you how to eat. Let me teach you how to eat. How to marinate the meat. Let me teach you how to eat. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. Well, it is Tuesday, 1.30. We say hello to our friend, Neil Savedra, our Hi, Neil Savedra. No, 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 no. No, We say hi to Neil Savedra. You are Neil Savedra. Wow. Such responsibility. I know. Isn't it? The weight of the world on my shoulders. I got into a a plate of pancakes at IHOP over the weekend. Oh, good night. (laughs) Isn't that like a space? Like you you go, oh, this is going to, you know, I shouldn't be doing it. And then you do it and you go, this is, this is, was the right decision. Yes. My favorite part of the pancake is the middle where the the butter is. The butter has been sitting and and marinating. And also the edges. Oh, yeah. So Ooh, you, yeah, that's I really celebrate the whole pancake. You know, I'll give you a strange tip uh, for pancakes if you like them cut up. A lot of people yes, like. Yeah, I cut them up. If you cut them up, use a uh, use a pizza wheel, a little pizza <gasps> cutter. Just go whap 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 and get them all into perfect squares. I have a, an extra large pizza cutter <laughs> She's for stuff like that. But Wait, why the, do you need an extra large one? 
It's just uh, for deeper dish pizza. Oh, okay. Just, uh, yeah. Taller. Yeah. It it's got a bigger taller. wheel. Got it. But, uh, yeah, you can cut that up and you can just boom, boom. Mm. You got kids. You set them up and they'd be like, wow, you're like a genius mom and or dad and or uncle who lives here. <laughs> well, I don't know what the family situation is. I was trying to cover all the bases. Smart. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk first about these kitchens and the new status symbol. We'll get into the Super Bowl foods here in a second because I sure. think it's important but as well. But colorful kitchens as the new status symbol. Can you explain this? You know what's weird colorful about this kitchens. is I have been slowly and calmly negotiating with my wife for years on this because I want a Mexican kitchen. And Mexican kitchens are very colorful. They're very bright. There's a lot of uh, color that goes boom right in your face. Our kitchen used uh, to be yellow. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to do yellow. Uh, you know, Ours was yellow growing up. Yeah. And I loved it. Here in the States, we kind of go more with stainless steel and white. Um, that's changed to gray uh, and different shades of gray and or blue. And, and and really, it denotes cleanliness. I mean, it's like a hospital. You don't you want it to look clean because you're going to be eating. Yeah. There. Nobody wants to hide the dirt. Yeah. So. But a lot, but in Italy and Mexico, in many other places around the world, they're very colorful in their kitchens, and there's a certain pride that goes with um, dings and dents. Like this is a used working kitchen, and we try and keep everything pristine. Uh, and you know, I've had this conversation back and forth with my wife. We have, um, you know, uh, basically butcher board for countertops. And yet ours are sealed, where so you don't really use them as butcher board. You look at them and and they're just beautiful to look at, but you you're not using you're not working on them like you would if they were oiled and you can really go in there and take them to task. But a lot of people are doing that and and letting the the nicks and scratches and everything else and say, hey, this is a working kitchen. And you know, Dean Sharp says, and I love this. He said the first thing you should think about when you're designing your kitchen is do you cook. That's the first thing. You have to learn to cook first because um, I was at uh, Friedman's in, in Long Beach, Friedman's uh, home experience yesterday in Long Beach. And I was looking at this beautiful 48-inch um, uh, oven and range, and it's just just gorgeous. And he, I go, this this I would love to have this in my house. He goes, most people that put this in their house don't even use it because it just looks it's really just nice. status symbols. So the combination of color... And the combination, you know, having a bright uh, kitchen and a worn kitchen are as is kind of the status symbol. And you go on, and this, you know, Italians. Who's worried again, about what somebody thinks of their kitchen and what that means about them? <laughs> I don't. Like, I who, don't know. Like when I have people <laughs> yeah, over, who would, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, stupid. I don't really care what anyone thinks. Idiots. I mean, Mike. I mean, I like. I appreciate like a nice kitchen, but I don't go into someone's kitchen and go. Oh, it's colorful. That means that this person is no. But we're sh- it's weird. We're shy. We kind of get in these ruts as to what is normal or what. But you know, you look at these colored enamel uh, ovens and stuff like Blue Star or Heston or uh, Bertazzoni. These uh, places, the uh, Italian, and they're bright and they're vibrant. And then you get here. And when we were growing up, it was probably avocado green, right? Maybe, or, you know, or maybe that, the golden rod. Yeah, the, yeah, that mustardy. Yeah, and then and then it went to stainless steel, which is you know works with everything. It's gorgeous. Um, and 
there's just like this kind of hey, your personality should fit in there too. Everybody kind of just makes it right. It should be you. That's yeah, what I'm getting exactly. at. Like I want my kitchen to be for me. I don't want to be for you, who's coming. You know, uh, you know, just because you like my range, I want to like my range. Yeah, and I, you know, I had this conversa- conversation. I don't like my with, range, by the way, right now. I got a I lot of rage anger because uh, all of the 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 markings mm-hmm. about like what high, low, which burner, they've all been worn off. Oh, that's the worst. So you just have to kind of remember which one is. That's for... the worst. Yeah, it's pretty bad, and I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to are they painted are... on the face or are they on the knob? They're on the face. Oh, okay. Sometimes you can have them resurfaced. Yeah. Um, also, there's sometimes there's an uh, an add-on. It's like uh, usually made out of aluminum or something with a, an adhesive back that can go on as well. Yeah. Um, and things like that that you can just get set. a sharpie. You're, you're, I hear I the words. Yeah, I, just... I hear the words coming out of your mouth, but your eyes say to me you're screwed and you should just get a new range. Well, <laughs> that's what your I, eyes are telling me. Any excuse to get a new. I'm looking at a new range and a new fridge right now, yeah. so I'm in that mode. So I'm like kind of shopping for you and me yeah. right now. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, you need something? Well, let's talk. <laughs> but it, this is, I mean, just this idea of colorful kitchens as the new status symbol. This is. Design, whether it's the kitchen or any part of your house, it changes. I mean, it's going to come and go. That's the thing. thing. You get in moods about what you want. We went through this process of, uh, I know this has nothing to do with cooking, but doorknobs. And we went with, you know, I think it's. Didn't you guys have a, uh, you and your wife actually had a difference of opinion on the color of the knob, right? Yes. From what I remember. Right. Mm-hmm. I said antique bronze and she said black. And I said, but everything else we have that's interesting is antique bronze. And then she, that like she showed I ordered and that she showed me the next day. Black is the new antique bronze. So, yeah. And it, and you and then it's hard to go back. And then you... in 10 years, you'll realize that the reverse is true. No. I, yeah, far away, they look black based anyway. on I, I This is my rule. And I, I talk with Dean about this all the time. If anyone else can walk in and move into my house immediately, then it's not enough me and my wife. Totally. I want people to go, oh, God, I wouldn't do that because that means it's it's ours. Interesting. We have, you know, we have a robotic chimp bust on our fire. This is why, mantle. Gary, That's... I think you should put in that special <laughs> cheese refrigerator into the island of your home because it's you. Uh, Gary likes his fridge. cheddar so oh, so sharp he so... can actually cut the cheddar with itself. Yeah, and chilled. He likes it very, very cold. They have stuff like that. A cheese, cu- they a have, cheese cooler? They yeah. have these special coolers that are designed uh, that you can program to either be a freezer or refrigerator or a chiller for different um, products. And it's like a drawer that you pull out. It would be in the center uh, or can be, you know, uh, it's built in. And you can program it for different things. And if you wanted it just to be your your cheese cellar, oh, it could be your cheese Gary, cellar. Gary's cheese cellar. And we could get like a sign for it. Wow. I feel like that might happen if you ever no. leave radio. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Gary's Cheese <laughs> Cellar. I'm Gary. I sell cheese, but that's a different sell. When we come back, uh, some must-have foods oh for this God. weekend's big football that's game. Totally your retirement. You want to hear me do the Queen? Hello. I like cheese as well. Gary and Shannon will continue. Hear ye, hear ye. Neil Savedra has joined us. More food stuff when we come back. And even when you're open.
is gone Move along, move along Just to make it through When all you gotta keep is strong Gary and Shannon Gary's cheese cellar is a hit, man Heather wrote to us at Gary and Shannon on Twitter You should make sure to say Gary's cheese cellar Raise money for charity Randy Wait, says, what? Randy yeah, says, Gary's cheese cellar has to be a new promo for your show. I was laughing so hard it was hard to drive straight. <laughs> wow, you made a guy gay. No, you did. No, he meant oh, you drive forward. like straight down the okay. road. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, you should have. trademark I've that never. right now. Gary's cheese cellar. Well, you got to do it with the voice, though. <laughs> Come on uh, in. Neil Savager has joined us, the uh, fork reporter. Uh, <laughs> hey, have a good day. <laughs> so Don't cute. let the funk stop you. <laughs> oh, um, my God. All right. Hey, so Super Bowl on on Sunday. Everybody's what? having uh, food on Super Bowl. It's a what football it, game. Yeah. What do you... Yeah. Uh, what do you suggest? What's your favorite, like, sit down and watch a game or bringing people over? To share. Snacky food. Because I'd say nachos if it was, like, my husband and I were just sitting there picking through nachos. But when you've got a whole group of people, you don't want their hands all over. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that nachos is a great idea until someone invites Handel over. It's like, oh. oh. Yeah, you know what? There's a whole new recipe book for what you can serve when Handel's over. Stuff. Everything Just has lunchables. to be individual. Everything yeah, has to be lunchables, lunchables, and that's all. Uh, Everybody in a hazmat suit. Well, let me ask you this. There's a, there's a list that I have in front of me that says that shrimp cocktail is on the list. Yeah. I've never... I don't like the idea of shrimp sitting there for a couple of hours. Well, what we do is we put it... Um, yeah, you, you put, put a bowl of ice... It. Uh, and then you put it on top of it, and we have it for all uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving, and all. I, all I gotta that tell stuff. you, I like it. I think it's a, a great combination. And if you can get a container, they actually make uh, little serving trays that have the ice underneath it, or you can double bowl, uh, bowl it. Yeah, and keep the keep it chilled, and and your your gold. You come your your mom keeps a turkey on, like the that's a different the dryer. That's not seafood. That's different. It's not. It's poultry, and it, she keeps. She cooks the turkey and then leaves it there. Yeah. For the elements to take apart for uh-huh. hours. Right. From what your wife spilled the beans on. Oh, and then you reheat it and kill everything that might have grown upon it. It's not the way it works, no. man. It's, it worked for me for years. It's not the way. Yeah. Well, you have some weird. I don't know. Let's not judge family customs. This is a safe space. Oh, so there's something dark in your past too, huh? Here's you don't put ice underneath them. (laughs) Here's uh, you just lie. You got caught. Jalapeno poppers are are a great option. I have a question. How do you make the jalapeno poppers and wrap them in bacon that's crispy? Or is there a way? Is there some secret that really? I the only the when you're dealing with bacon in in a wrapped around something like that the bacon either has to be partially cooked if you want it to be crisp that way or you have to hit it with a lot of heat at the very end so once you're done cooking it um you put it uh under a broiler or you put it on high heat to crisp the outside can i get one of those uh torches and and flame it like a creme brulee or something like that <laughs> exactly. just to crisp it up a little bit yes because i saw i mean it was great the the jalapeno poppers i had a couple of weekends ago were fantastic there was also an option wrapped in salami 
like a spicy. Mm. I, I'm sorry, not salami. Pepperoni. It was a slight, a spicy same pepperoni. Same. I mean, you're gonna get a so good. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of different things you can do with those combinations, but the spicy, cheesy, bready, gooey is is always gonna win. I mean, as Shannon was talking about, if you don't know, you know how clean someone's hands are, you may not want to go down the nacho route. But nachos is a really great fun combination and you can do those things separately you, you can, can you can yeah. do little there's all kinds of little whether it's a um, ramekin or there's little dishes that you can put them in and do single serving or you could just put tongs there and little plates and then people yeah, could you're gonna trust people with the tongs yeah, i was gonna huh? say tongs is a lot tongs is in a uh, is an assumption yeah like you, you ever been to a salad bar come on okay now. if i go to your house, you, yeah, you're, I, and I totally agree. With you. you would use tongs yes. if I put them out. You would. You use would them. know if they were out next to the nachos to use the tongs. Not everybody believes that is a is a suggestion to use mm-hmm. the tongs. Some people see it as, oh, look, they employ handicapped people here, so only the handicapped people use tongs. Your, I sw- I am not kidding you. That's what some people believe. You're banking on the etiquette of people that are willing to argue that if more than five chips stick to the same cheese. That it's one nacho. Like they will argue that. That's one nacho, bro. That is one serving. Whatever sticks to it is one serving. So I don't know if, if tongs are going to work. But um, it, yeah, the, the, the basics for What your, if you put a sign that says <laughs> use tongs You're or a party get the hell out? Oh, you, you, will oh, really? be, you will be the laughing stock of your little, uh, your little event. Oh, interesting. Your little. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Uh, And then pizza is the number one uh, they have on the list. But I just don't like, I don't trust the idea of ordering pizza on Super Bowl Sunday. Hey, I I actually got a great tip for you, by the way. uh, Our friends at Fresh Brothers, if you order, whether it's their pizza, whether it's their sliders, their chicken or meatball sliders or salads, whatever, if you order it, before the third, before February third, or by February third, they'll give you ten percent off, and you're booked, and you're and you're good at oh. your goal. Just set up a time and yeah. So uh, you call a Fresh Brothers. There's like twelve of them here in L.A., and there's five in Orange County. So that's a good thing to do. I because there's some people that leave it to the end, and if it's something popular like pizza, you're screwed. So go to Fresh Brothers uh, just before or by the the third, and they'll take care of you ten percent off. Or just steal all the stuff from church that morning, the little red drink and a donut or two. No? That's a party. Steal there are from these crack- church. These crackers aren't salty. <laughs> and there's not enough grape juice to go yeah. around. John, welcome to Tasty Tuesday. <sighs> yeah. All right, what are uh, you going to do for Super Bowl? Watch it. Uh, <laughs> what's there to do? You're not going to have any festivities? Uh, we always go over somebody else's house every year. Okay. So it's easy. I just sit on the couch and drink. Perfect. Yeah. And then go home and your house is still clean. You didn't have anything to worry about. Right. I don't know. Man, it's, somebody else started a tradition, so. The weird thing That's is, what is I do. John yeah. stands for the national anthem, but kneels for the commercials. It's different. <laughs> you know, I never, right. I never watch the commercials. No, I don't either. I, I don't. I well, don't, because I, everyone's I've never talking understood, anyway. I've never understood. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people at this party, so it's really noisy. And uh, I just, I, you can't hear anything. So I, I really don't understand people getting excited over commercials because I don't want to see any of them. I just want to see the game. So that's I a huge interruption. I, yeah. I, when I watch television now, I, it's an automatic tune out for commercials. I don't yeah. hear them. I don't see no, them. I don't either. I start reading. And then when they're over, I look up yeah. and keep watching. When you talk about bloody gums and pussy gums on a 
Dr. Cunning commercial, yeah. I tell everybody to shush. <laughs> so stop. I got to hear this one. It's a race or something. Yeah. Most TV commercials don't have that. Yeah, what well, do you guys yeah. have coming up today? Well, um, the uh, businesses, and there are a lot of businesses around Skid Row, say there's three to five fires a day there. Fires? Fires, yes. There's hundreds of fires a year at Skid Row. We're going to talk to a guy whose business burned because some homeless guy got into an argument with a prostitute and burned a tent, and then the tent burned the business. So he's going to come on in a half hour. All right. Just another Tuesday. (laughs) That's that's our tasty Tuesday. (laughs) John and Ken up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody.